Welcome to Fitchix Chat. Today's episode is brought to you by Keto Breathalyzer. We spend so much time guessing what to eat for best results, when to eat, and are overwhelmed by reading and hearing so much conflicting information, it's exhausting. Here's the thing though, not everybody's the same. So while eating at certain times might prove to be effective for your BFF, those times might not work for you and vice versa. If you're ready to finally take the guesswork out of it and have your body actually tell you when you're in a state of ketosis, then listen up. Today's episode is sponsored by Keto, the most scientifically proven and designed tool to help you discover when you're in a state of ketosis. This tool is amazing if you follow the keto diet as it will help you understand your own body so much more clearly. Not on the keto train yet? Remember, keto is not just for weight loss. It also helps with inflammation, preventing long-term diseases, and so much more. Please visit www.getketo.com forward slash fitchix, www.getketo.com forward slash fitchix, and use promo code fitchix to save 20% off your very own keto breathalyzer kit today. Listen, being better is hard. In fact, being better is a pain in the butt, but better is always worth it. Our friends at Zone Perfect make purposeful nutrition for people who are always looking for that next level up. Whether you're on keto, follow a low-carb lifestyle, or want to increase protein, Zone Perfect has you covered with tasty bars and shakes. With no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners, and no added sugar, these bars are sweetened with organic stevia, so make sure that you shop today. You can find Zone Perfect products on Amazon and at zoneperfect.com. Welcome to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast, where we talk all things fitness, nutrition, and wellness for women to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. And now, your hosts, Laura Jackson and Amanda Quinn. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Fit Chicks Chat. My name is Laura Jackson, and we are talking about fermentation today. I know you guys are pumped. Um, So before I dive into all of the awesomeness I want to talk to you guys about fermentation, I want to start off by saying, if you are new to fermentation, please stick with me because it's one of the most fascinating things and one of the most fascinating holistic health and nutrition practices that so many people overlook and a lot of people are intimidated by. So we're seeing a huge rise in fermented products and people wanting to, um, to add more of them into their diet because we're hearing all about the benefits of them, including that they are actually a form of homemade probiotics. Um, but people are going out and buying them. We're buying kombuchas for five bucks a bottle, and a lot of times they're actually pasteurized. You're not getting the amount of bacteria that you would be getting if you made it at home. And the good bacteria, guys, we'll be talking about more about this in a moment, but don't be scared when I say bacteria, there's good bacteria too. Um, but, you know, this, these, these store-bought products, there's no way to really regulate a lot of it. So what ends up happening is we're spending tons of money wanting these benefits when we can make it at home for pennies. So things like kombucha, things like sauerkraut, kimchi, miso, um, pretty much you can ferment any vegetables, even sourdough bread. And I'm super excited to let you guys know, I actually made my first loaf of homemade sourdough today. It, I've never baked anything in my life. Um, I always have, I typically don't eat a lot of bread as, as it is, but sourdough as a fermented bread is actually more digestible 
when made naturally because the yeast actually breaks down a lot of the gluten. So if you do have a gluten intolerance, if you eat homemade sourdough bread, um, it tends to be more digestible. So I'm really excited to talk to you guys about this. And the reason I'm so pumped about it is because recently, about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, um, I headed back to my hometown of Ottawa. And I was there to visit my family, but it also turned out that that weekend, um, Corey, who's one of our instructors in the Holistic Nutrition Weight Loss Expert Program, she teaches digestion, um, gut health, and weight loss. She also is a holistic nutritionist. She's a herbalist. She's a fermentation expert. She was running a fermentation workshop at her house. So she was going all through, you know, the history of fermentation, doing different ferments with us. So we fermented sourdough, we fermented kimchi, we, fer- we did kombucha. Um, plus she, was, she allowed us to taste all of her ferments. And she had some that were even three years old um, that tasted absolutely delicious. So it was a really, really awesome opportunity to be able to spend time with her live because a lot of times too, you know, we live in different places and even as instructors with Fitchix Academy or, or team members, we don't get to see each other in person. So the opportunity to learn from her live and just to, you know, reignite my passion to do with fermentation because I also am a, a nutritionist in addition to being the founder of Fitchix Academy. Um, I was really pumped for that. And then on, to put a cherry on top of that, um, Jess, who is our programs manager, who if any of you are listening are Fitchix Academy students, you know she's the amazing programs manager who helps all you guys with everything to do with the course, any, pro- any logins, she helps you guys upload your assignments, you know, any questions you have, she's your first go-to. So she lives in Ottawa as well. And we were able to actually connect the three of us all together and do this workshop. So it was a ton of fun. We learned a lot. Um, and I want to share with you guys my top five lessons that I essentially learned making homemade probiotics this weekend. So it's super fun. I hope you guys are excited too. So, um, I want to start off by saying fermentation for me, it's one of my favorite holistic health practices, as I said earlier, but not many people talk about it or teach it outside of intimate nutrition circles. And they really should, because there is a lot of intimidation around fermenting. There's a lot of fear thinking it's either really difficult or it's something that you're going to mess it up and you're good because there's bacteria involved that you're going to get sick. Um, you don't know if your ferments are done. And I'm saying this because that this used to be me. I actually, Corey, before she came on to the Holistic Nutrition Weight Loss Expo program, she was the person who got me over my fear. So I'd been studying fermented foods for so long, but I was buying them and paying $11 for a jar of sauerkraut, which is just cabbage and salt. Um, so she was like, Laura, we've got to get you past this fear so you can start getting the benefits, making it home. It's really fun. And also then you have a ton of different varieties of bacteria for your body to be able to get a balance of different strains. Um, so I was like, okay, let's do this. And you know, like anything in life, once you do it, once you realize what the heck, why was I so scared about it? Um, but I do think, and that's why I like talking about on the podcast is because there's still this idea that certain nutrition circles are the only people who partake in this. So things like making homemade, um, whether it be homemade probiotics, whether it be homemade um, body care, different creams, you know, different um, making your own scents. And I want to really start to get this conversation more in the mainstream. And, you know, you don't have to be someone who's 
far left or really into, you know, homestead kind of lifestyle and doing everything naturally. I'm not that girl um, to be able to take advantage of the stuff. So when it comes to fermentation, it's really important too that we start to add more probiotic foods into our diets because what's happening right now is of course we've all been on antibiotics at some point and antibiotics like just even hear the word anti versus pro antibiotics yes it kills all bad bacteria and antibiotics have their place but during that process of when you're sick and you're taking antibiotics you end up clearing out all of your bad bacteria and a lot of your good bacteria. So our microbiome, our gut, is essentially lined with all different, um, different bacterias. And when we wipe out strains, we need to re-inoculate, we need to get bacteria back into the gut to be able to do the jobs that it's supposed to do. And gut health has become really fascinating over the last few years. There's a lot more studies of tying into weight loss, to tying into mental health. Um, so many different things are tied into what's going on in our gut. So we want to make sure we've got those good bacteria. So that's why it's important that we are taking, we're adding probiotic foods if we've ever been on antibiotics, which most of us have been. Um, if we've ever come in contact with things like pesticides, they also kill the bacteria in our gut. So if we're eating foods that have pesticides on them, they're also disrupting our, our gut flora. Um, stress is a huge one, which a lot of us don't put together when it comes to um, our gut health. We think, oh, what would stress have to do? Like, I'm just feeling stress. What would that have to do with ruining my bacteria? Well, it seemed to wipe out a lot of strains. Um, and then also what's happening too is we're not getting enough prebiotics. So in addition to getting the probiotics into our body, uh, we're not getting enough prebiotics. So prebiotics are actually the, the foods that feed our gut bacteria. So some people, they're losing their gut bacteria because they're not eating enough of the pre-stuff, which feeds it. So there's a lot of different um, fibers and um, different foods contain more prebiotics, like onions, potatoes, um, things like Jerusalem artichokes, all different ones that contain those starches. So they really help to feed our bacteria. So we're seeing a lot of people are really, you know, losing their, their gut flora, their gut strength. So that's why when we're making these probiotic foods and we're introducing them daily, and if we have a variety of them, whatever it is we decide to eat, whether it be sourdough or sauerkraut or whatever, um, we're going to be constantly reintroducing different strains into our guts that are going to help to uh, keep our residential bacteria happy and um, give them kind of, you know, a little bit of different flavor, some different people in there. So when it comes to fermentation, there, it really, it goes back so long. So it's a process that goes back thousands of years, guys. And pretty much every culture has their own kind of food or their own food culture. If you look at it, that they have, that they fermented. So for example, um, sauerkraut is one that many of us know, but we just think about it like sausages and sauerkraut. If you are Eastern European, um, this might be a totally normal thing in your diet. But for many of us, sauerkraut was just something that they might have thrown with a hot dog, right? It wasn't, for, it wasn't in our culture in North America. But sauerkraut is one of the most beneficial probiotic foods and fermented foods, super easy to make. And it was actually created, of course, to, um, to help to preserve that cabbage. 
and to be able to to be able to have food throughout cold weather or long stretches of no food coming or poverty. Um, so they would ferment it. And what they realized over time, so back back in the day, and like I said, every culture has a different type of fermenting. Um, so sauerkraut would be Eastern European. Uh, miso would be Asian. Kimchi was Korean. Um, you know, all different types of, uh, different types of uh, cultures have it, even fermented grains, fermented beans, fermented honey wine, all different types of different fermentations. Um, but really, it's a, it's a form of preservation before we had all of these now types of uh, preservation that we use, which is unfortunately a lot of chemicals. So they found this way of preserving their food. But what they didn't realize at the time was how beneficial it actually was. Because when we ferment something, what happens too is we're changing the structure of it. We are, we are killing off, we're, well, basically what's happening is we're not allowing the bad bacteria to grow. So we're doing something called lacto-fermentation. So lacto-fermentation means without oxygen. And that's why when we get into it, um, we talk a lot about the, the vegetables or whatever it is you're fermenting being underneath the brine. So in an area where there's no oxygen, because oxygen can help grow mold. When the food is all underneath the brine and no oxygen is there, that's when lactic acid is produced. And that's when essentially what happens is no bacteria can grow in, in, um, in that environment. So it changes the structure of the food and it preserves the food. So fermentation is great because it also has been shown to break down a lot of what's called anti-nutrients, which can be found in a lot of plants and a lot of grains and a lot of seeds. I always explain it to people like, think about, you know, animals, they have their teeth, right? to protect themselves. A lot of beans and grains and things like that, they have what's called anti-nutrients or phytates um, in their, or phytic acid in their, in their um, outer layer. And this is to help to protect them. But this also can be very irritating to a lot of humans' guts. And that's why a lot of people do have issues too with um, different beans and grains and things like that. So if you ferment them, it actually breaks down those anti-nutrients, so it makes it more digestible. So some people who can't eat beans or can't eat um, certain legumes or grains, if they're fermented, they can eat them. Um, it also helps to produce digestive enzymes to make that food more absorbable, which is really cool too because it's almost like it's pre-digesting the food for us. So if you are someone with a compromised gut, it's really great. It's great if you're doing things like a low-carb diet. Most of them are low-carb. Um, and also a lot of the starch and the sugars are broken down during the fermentation process. They're almost pre-digested. They also offer a ton of great ba good bacteria. They're crunchy. They're delicious. Um, so there's a lot of really great benefits to it. So this is something that, like I said, it's been going on for years and years, but what many of us in today's society don't think about is really when you're fermenting, you're also creating homemade probiotics. And homemade probiotics is one of the best things that you can do for yourself, for your family, because like I said earlier, it's not only going to be saving you a lot of money, um, but it's going to be giving you a wide variety of bacterial strains. So what I mean by that is when we end up having 
just one strain of bacteria. So let's say you're doing a probiotic pill or you're eating one type of, uh, a type of yogurt that has, that's been infused with one type of probiotic strain. You're only exposed to that one. But when you're eating probiotic foods, because it's part of the environment and it's changing ongoing, if you eat your, let's say, sauerkraut on day four, you're going to get different bacteria than if you eat it on day, thir- day 21. And same thing if you eat it on day 48. Like It's going to be different, and it's good to keep reintroducing these new foods. So it's, it's, a really, um, it's a really great health practice to get into. So there's so many different types of ferments you can do at home. You could do dairy and water kefir. So you might be seeing those at the store, kombucha sauerkraut, kimchi, pickled vegetables, um, but of course without the actual traditional pickling way, Uh, sourdough bread, hot sauces. I've got a hot sauce going right now on my counter. Uh, Different fruit salsas, miso tempeh. There's so many different things that you can do. But one of the easiest ones to start with is even just with like a kimchi or a sauerkraut. Um, So during this this, uh, workshop that I went to, we were talking a lot about, you know, gut health and gut bacteria and, you know, how many people are really dealing with a compromised gut. And um, a lot of times these foods, they're not eating these foods to help re-inoculate the gut. And there could be a lot of health benefits that can come from, from doing that. And I had a ton of fun though, watching the people in the room. So being someone who has now fermented before, I have to say it is something that's funny to watch people for their first time because some of these bacterias that you are working with look kind of weird. So fermentation, when you're going to ferment at home, there's essentially two different ways to do it. So there's like a wild, it's called wild fermentation, which is, um, it involves bacteria and yeast and, and molds and things like that from the environment. So that would be something, let's say, for example, if you left out, you know, your flour and your water and you just left it out and you, your window was open and from the bacteria that's coming in from the outside, eventually that flour and water would turn into a sourdough starter. Okay. However, the quicker way to do it is you actually can get a starter culture from somewhere else. So that's actually what we did when we went to see Corey at her workshop. She gave us starter culture. And starter culture is just basically that once you've done a ferment, you have something that's already active. Those those bacteria in there are active. They're moving. They're feeding. They're alive. Again, please guys don't think this is gross. Um, They're alive. And then you could take a little bit of it and give it to someone else. So when we were at Corey's workshop, she gave us sourdough starter and we took it home. We had to feed it to keep it alive and mine still on my counter. And like I said, I made my sourdough bread today. I'm so excited. Um, but we have, um, so you have a sourdough uh, starter like that, or you can get, um, if you're doing kefir, so dairy kefir, water kefir, you would get, they're called grains, even though they're not actually made from grains. They look almost like like bubble tea, if you've ever had like big tapioca balls. And what ends up happening is they, of course, they feed off of um, sugar or starches like any ferment does. That's what feeds the, the bacteria that if it's in a, um, an environment with no, with no oxygen, then the lactic acid is produced, which then starts the fermentation process. So um, 
dairy kefir, water kefir, these grains, once they start to feed, they start to multiply. So they don't look gross. They're not slimy, weird bugs. They're just see-through white kind of balls. Um, and then you can give them to someone else. Or, which is my favorite moment from this weekend, was seeing Jess, she had her first SCOBY. So SCOBYs are actually used in making kombucha. And they they look like a big slimy portobello mushroom. And I know it doesn't sound very appealing, but scobies, they are, um, they're essentially, it stands for, I, I think I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to mess this up. Symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. I believe that's what it stands for. So they're almost like a little community of bacterias and yeast that have banded together into this disc that looks like a mushroom. And, you know, they're very resilient and they don't move or anything like that. They just kind of look like a gummy mushroom, but they are used in making kombucha. So different, it's cool because different foods require different starters or different types of bacteria to, to, um, create the product or the final product. So for example, with kombucha, Jess, this is her first time seeing it. And she was like, this is so weird, but she was so excited to go home. And this is one of my favorite things to go home and to actually brew her own kombucha, which again, you can do for pennies versus buying the ones that are at the store and you're not getting the same benefits. And a lot of them are full of added sugars. So kombucha is actually made with a mixture of sugar and tea. That's what the SCOBY will turn into kombucha. Um, whereas dairy kefir, water kefir, it's the grains and either water and sugar or the grains in milk and the sugars that are in the milk will then um, ferment. And you'll probably be seeing that a lot at the grocery store. Um, and then the sourdough and starters like that, that was actually coming from the flour and the water. And then there was a starter, um, Corey made her own starter from leaving it out and then she kept feeding it and then shared that with us. So it's cool that there's all these different things that could start that. But that was, so out of my favorite moments, my top five favorite moments from this weekend, uh, or sorry, from a couple weeks ago at the workshop was number one, seeing Jess get her first scoby because it's the funniest thing when you see someone's face. But also, um, you know, I'm so excited that she's going to be doing her first kombucha and I'll share with you guys how it turns out. Um, secondly, for me, it was getting my first sourdough starter. So over the last couple of years, and since Corey got me over my fear of fermenting, I've become really comfortable with doing, you know, at-home sauerkrauts, which are very easy. It's a, uh, sauerkrauts are a dry, a dry fermentation method, which essentially just means you're not adding any liquid to it. You use salt and cabbage and you squeeze the sauerkraut until... Um, or the cabbage until it emits its own juices. From there, you pack that into a jar underneath the brine. You push everything down so the, the vegetable juice that you've just squeezed out covers it. And then again, it's that means there's no oxygen in there. And then you'll see it start to bubble and ferment. It's the coolest thing. Um, and then I also have done kimchi, which is a wet brine where you actually soak the veggies overnight in just salted water. 
and then pour it into a jar and then you put it somewhere warm. Don't touch it for a week and you'll start to see it change. So um, I've started to become very comfortable with that, but sourdough for some reason, again, I have these mental blocks around fermentation. So I ended up taking some home. It was awesome. So I've kept, I kept it alive and I kept feeding it, watching it work its little magic. And it just blows my mind how amazing our world is and how, when we actually let ourselves connect back to nature, what can you can create from that? So, um, like I said earlier, it's a natural fermented yeast mixture. So when you make bread, if you've ever made bread before and you add in that active yeast, that's essentially like the cheater's version of sourdough starter. So sourdough starter actually is natural yeast. that um, It's not just adding water to yeast to get it activated. So it takes more love. It takes more time to make sourdough bread. It usually takes about two days, but again, it's fun. It's part of the process. And because of that amount of time too, those bacteria get the opportunity to break down a lot of that gluten so it's easier to digest. Um, so that was my second favorite moment was getting my first sourdough starter and baking my first sourdough bread. Um, number three, I also loved learning how to make milk heifer. So I have um, done a lot of water kefir. And again, it's so simple. And these grains essentially turn water and sugar into this fizzy probiotic drink. Now, just a little side note, people will hear that think, well, how is your sugar in water? You know, how is that good for you? A lot of the sugar is actually eaten by the bacteria. And that's what helps to emit the bubbles and make it fizzy is they're feeding off of that, um, that sugar and they're emitting gases. So you don't actually digest a lot of that sugar. However, if you are someone who's diabetic or you are on, let's say a keto diet, or you're trying to avoid sugars altogether, it might be something, go for a different ferment, go for more of the fermented vegetables, get the benefits as opposed to the drinks. Um, but milk kefir, I have done the water kefir, but I've never done the milk kefir. So milk kefir, you'll see a lot of dairy kefir. You could do it as well with, um, I believe with coconut milk. I think you can do coconut kefir as well with the same grains. Um, but don't quote me on that. But um, it's such an easy way. Kefir is such an easy way for you, your clients to get probiotics into your, into your life with only a small amount. Now, the problem with a lot of probiotics, um, kefirs or dairy kefirs that are in the store is that milk products are, are pasteurized. So what ends up happening is they're heated to a high amount, which ends up killing off all the bad bacteria, but again, kills off the beneficial bacteria too. So many times what they're doing is they're actually just adding in probiotics to the dairy, which again is giving you limited strains. So when you make your own, you can actually make sure that you're getting different strains and um, you could do it with just milk from the store. But even one teaspoon of a really good homemade milk heifer can have up to 50 billion CFUs. So that, that if you take probiotics, you know that's expensive for 50 billion CFUs. Um, and even a teaspoon, you can, even if you don't like that necessarily tastes a bit sour, most ferments taste sour. Um, you could just add it into your smoothie, mix it into your, your cereal, mix it into your Greek yogurt. You won't even notice it's there. Um, so it's a really great way to be able to add in a little bit more. My fourth thing that I was my favorite moment was um, making sauerkraut. 
because I just love it. And I hadn't done it in a while. And I just forgot how much it's simple. It's fast. Anyone can do it. And I think one of the things that a lot of my students that I've seen in the holistic nutrition weight loss expert program, because we make our own probiotic foods as one of our assignments is that, um, you know, their first one, they usually do just the, just the, um, the sauerkraut, but a lot of people, or sorry, just the cabbage, but a lot of people don't necessarily like cabbage. The thing that's cool though, is that you can actually do any vegetables or you could do variations within your sauerkraut. So you could be doing cabbage and apple and onion. You could be doing, um, red cabbage and carrots and ginger. You could be doing just shredded carrots. You could just be doing turnips. Like you do pretty much anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be Um, sauerkraut is just the one that is the most popular, but there's so many variations that you can do. And again, it's great to do different types because you're going to get the benefits of all of those different veggies and, um, all of the different strains of bacteria. So, you know, having a few different and all you need a day is one tablespoon on the side with your, with your lunch or two tablespoons. I actually even have a friend who's a, a nutritionist and she puts sauerkraut in her smoothies don't knock it guys till you try it. Honestly, it was delicious. She made one with like avocados and pears and a little bit of sauerkraut and it was just um, cabbage, but you could barely even take, cause it was so tangy. It was actually really, really good. Um, so I was just really excited to get back into that and, you know, really just sometimes, you know, you, you, you forget how much you love something until you do it again. Um, and sauerkraut too, it's, so low carb, low glycemic, packed with vitamin C, really digestively, uh, digestive, digestible, if I could speak, uh, full of fiber. And also, you know, it can be good for people to have gut issues or can't handle cabbage on the regular or cruciferous vegetables because it's already broken down more. And my fifth favorite thing was just reconnecting with all of it. I love holistic health. I love holistic nutrition and sometimes I forget because as a, as a lead educator, as a coach, I talk about it a lot at times in a way where I'm educating other people. But when I get to sit back and be the student again and do it, I remember all of the reasons why I fell in love with this way of living and the benefits of it and the amazing never ending things that you can add to your tool belt and that you can make small changes that have huge impact. So, I mean, of course it's, it's great to, to learn from amazing instructors like Corey. She's absolutely incredible. She just drops so many awesome knowledge bombs and so much extra info. Um, she was wearing this really cute shirt that just says like, it says something, um, I love cultures or something. It was really cute. Um, and also her poor little doggy. She had a little side note story, guys. She has a little doggy, um, very tiny. Like, I don't know if she's a Chihuahua mix, but she's one of those small little dogs. And I guess that she had left out because fermenting, you have to leave things in the warmth. So you put it in a pantry or on a counter. You don't put them in the fridge until they are at the place where you want them to be. And then in the fridge, it slows down the fermentation. So her dog's name is Willa and poor little Willa, she ended up getting into a sourdough ferment that 
Corey had left to rise. So she ate half of it. So the day of the workshop, Corey woke up and she was throwing up and pooping everywhere. Um, Cause there was a little bit too much probiotics in there for the little doggy, but she was okay. But um, yeah, it's, it's different when you have a really great instructor and you have someone who really inspires and shares on the topic from a place of passion that it makes it so fun to learn. And I just, it blows my mind all the time that we have so much amazing health and healing right at our fingertips. And we don't talk about these things in the majority of our lives, right? We just keep getting told to take another pill or, you know, go on another diet or everything's outside of our control. Whereas we can, if we, if we know how to do this and have the right coaches, create these amazing healing foods and, and get our own bodies back in balance. So I know even from, you know, focusing on gut health, you can change so many things, whether it be your mental health, your weight, your digestive health. Um, there's so many benefits that go along with it. So it's just, for me, I just got that passion reignited after this weekend of being the student as well as the instructors. Um, and just remind me, I'm a lifelong learner and I love it. I love being on this journey with you guys. I love talking to you guys about this stuff. I love hearing from my students and from anyone listening, what you guys are doing. If you're fermenting, please let me know. Um, and yeah, just, I, I just am so grateful. I'm so grateful for Corey and I'm so grateful to be able to have spent that time with Jess. Um, so if you want, head on over to our, our website too. The link will be along with this podcast, but um, we'll link over to some of Corey's other um, really great, she's been on the podcast before. She also shared her awesome kimchi recipe with us. So you can get more information about how you can dial into to more of your fermenting. And then also, I want to make sure that you guys know that we have our Holistic Nutrition Weight Loss Experts certification coming up. So if you love learning about this stuff, if, if this lights you up like it lights me up, then it's time to do something. It's time to step into that power. And you know, becoming a Holistic Nutrition and Health Coach has been life-changing for me. And I know will be for you, not only for your health and your family's health, but for your career and the way that you approach life in general inside and out. So make sure to check out fitchacademy.com forward slash 96 hour sign up. There's a 96 hour, 100% uh, free all access pass where you can go behind the scenes into the program, check out different sample classes, meet the instructors. Um, we have a ton of really great stuff in there. You're going behind the scenes and in, into the program for four full days. So you get to see what you're going to learn and learn a ton. Just even if you just want to go check it out, I highly recommend it. Okay, guys, hopefully this was helpful and I would love to hear from you. So make sure to leave us a comment. Uh, let me know what you're up to, if you've ever fermented. And of course, if you enjoy this podcast, please make sure that you leave us a review. It's always really helpful um, to make sure that we can keep providing you guys with the best info. Okay, guys, have an amazing day and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fit Chicks Chat Podcast. Want more healthy love? Visit www.fitchicks.com for amazing resources, free workouts, recipes, tips, and so much more to help you live your healthiest and fiercest life inside and out. Thank you for joining us this week. And remember, if you are ready to create the life, health, and career you love, 
Join us for the upcoming Fitness and Nutrition Expert or our Holistic Nutrition Weight Loss Expert Certification Programs. Download the brochures at fitchicksacademy.com.